Hello and welcome to the Gathering Church Podcast. My name is David and in front of me is Pastor Dave. In the previous two weeks we have talked about Israel, Pentecost, Mount Sinai, uh, Shavuot and all sorts of things that related to the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Today we want to discuss of how uh, the things that happened in the upper room during Pentecost affects us today. How are you doing Pastor Dave? <laughs> I'm doing fantastic and once again we have a rainy Tuesday. Yes. Every podcast that we've done, it has been raining. Yes, raining or trucks or yeah, all sorts old... of things that are happening here at the trailer. That's right. Over <laughs> here at the church trailer park. Yes. Uh, uh, but hey, praise God for the rain because in July, we're, we're going to be thankful that it's rained so much when mm-hmm. things are pretty dry and hot. Yes. So, But yeah, we've been, man, I've been having a blast talking about Pentecost and, and exploring, you know, leading all the way. I feel like. I feel like this journey started really back in March when we started talking about the resurrection, uh, and and the resurrection let has led us now all the way to you know from the forty days that Jesus was here still working miracles to his ascension to Pentecost. It's really led us to right right here you know to starting to explore the Holy Spirit. Yes. And I'm so excited. This this has been a really good series. I really enjoyed like also about the la- the last two weeks talking about Pentecost and like discovering all of these things that were common for the Jews but are new to us because we've never been told really and just getting a deep understanding of what's happening. So it has been really awesome. Yeah, it's it's been fun when you know when when the Romans uh, with Constantine federalized Christianity. Uh, they wanted it to be a, a Roman religion. It, mm. it was viewed as an offshoot of Judaism. And, I mean, if you think about it, you, here in America, if, if the the United States government were to adopt a particular religion and mm-hmm. say, no, it, you know, we would want it to be very patriotic and mm-hmm. very American. And, yeah. you know, hey, this is our religion because we're America. And and that's kind of what the Romans did. And so they, they shifted, you know, all of a sudden the Sabbath stopped being Saturday. It became Sunday, the first yeah. day of the week, which was when they had sun worship to begin with, uh, you know, they would worship their gods and, uh, you, know, the, the, you know, Zeus and Jupiter, all that type of stuff. And, and um, you know, they, they shifted, uh, you know, the birth of Christ, which was probably sometime in the fall around the, the, the Feast of Trumpets and all that. Mm-hmm. Uh, they shifted it to December, you know, to, to replace one of their uh, original uh, pagan holidays. And, yes. And the resurrection, okay, well, then they shifted it you know, over to Easter to kind of correlate with, uh, you know, their, their spring festivals and mm-hmm. stuff like that. So, uh, you know, they, it, in, in doing so, uh, which is fine. It, it preserved, you know, these, the, the, the gospel celebrations and truths for us, but, but it also kind of eliminated our connectivity with, uh, it detached ju- us yeah, from Judaism. the roots. Yeah, yeah. So, so for us, we're having to go back and re-explore and say, Oh, this, you know, the New Testament stuff really is still rooted big mm-hmm. time into Old Testament uh, traditions, all the way back to commands that God gave Moses for, yeah. for his people entering into the promised land. So, yeah, uh, so yeah, Pentecost was, was not a New Testament thing. It was very much rooted in yeah. uh, Old Testament Hebrew culture. Yes. So. Yes, and when we read about Jesus is not there to abandon the law, abandish or German. <laughs> yes, yeah. uh, just to remove the law, but to fulfill the law. Yes, yeah, he fulfilled the law. So if 
If we die out in him, if we are alive in Christ, then we are alive in the one who fulfilled yeah. the law. So we are free from the law of sin and death. Yeah. And everything in the Old Testament points to Jesus and points to what he yeah. ultimately will do. And, and it's that, just so fascinating. And it's beautiful that, that from the moment of the fall of man, God had a plan. Yes. And and what maybe seemed like several thousand years to humanity, it was him allowing a culture to get so ingrained in patterns and typologies that when Jesus would come on, step onto the scene... Mm-hmm. You know, they could sit there and go, oh, mm. I see. Yeah. You know, and and uh, you know, how beautiful that is. At least and, those that wanted to see. Yes. Yeah. Those who were primed, those who those who were led of the Spirit. So. Yeah. Yeah. And as we have discovered, it all led up to uh, the crucifixion um, and then to the upper room, which all gives symbolization to um, Mount Sinai and all the amazing things that's all the crazy and amazing things that happened in the Old Testament with Israel coming out of Egypt, yeah. receiving the law at uh, Mount Sinai. Um, so at Pentecost, something crazy happens. The outpouring of the Holy Spirit, which was um, kind of special for the, whole, for, for the disciples. Why it was. was it special? It was, it, was, it was special for the disciples, those, you know, especially those initial 120 believers that had gathered together because... The, it, number one, it had been promised to them. Mm-hmm. So they, they had been waiting for some time. Uh, the, it was promised all the way back in the prophets, actually, with the prophet Joel saying, in the last days I will pour out my spirit mm. upon all flesh. Prior to that, in the Old Testament, this, the Holy Spirit had been around. It, the Holy Spirit had been around since uh, Genesis chapter 1. First page. You know, it, it, uh, it said that he the, the spirit of the Lord hovered over the surface yes. of the water. You know, so... So the Holy Spirit was actually part of the creation process mm-hmm. of the world. So, uh, and not only that, uh, you know, it's it, the Holy Spirit would strive for mankind. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, uh, God said in Genesis, you know, my my Spirit won't always strive with man. Mm-hmm. You know, the word strive means to to uh, work for a mass achievement, mm-hmm. you know, or, or a great achievement. So the Holy Spirit has always worked on behalf of mankind. Yeah. For, for great achievement uh, from from the from the moment of creation yeah and so you know it wasn't like the Holy Spirit was new to the scene it's yeah. just uh, in the Old Testament the Holy Spirit would be poured out on certain individuals yeah so uh, not to 200 plus people yeah only no no it, an it individual, was, a prophet sure a king well he he would uh, you know Joshua was full of the spirit mm. that's why you know, he had a totally different spirit about him when he went into the promised land and mm-hmm. said, "Hey, we can take these guys. We can go. This is this is our land." But but all the other spies were like, "Nope, can't do it." You know, mm. um, you know, Gideon, the Holy Spirit came upon mm-hmm. Gideon and he was victorious. Samson, the Holy Spirit would come upon Samson and he would defeat the Philistines. Uh, Saul, King Saul, would have incredible counters with the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. coming upon him, and he would prophesy every time he. Would, you know, matter of fact, there was a saying in the land. You mm-hmm. know, uh, First Samuel talks about it that people would say, "What is Saul even a prophet now?" You know, just because <laughs> they were so amazed that he would he would prophesy and, and speak these incredible decrees from God. You know, and, and minister when the Holy Spirit. But then the Spirit actually left Saul because of his disobedience, mm-hmm. uh, which is kind of uh, interesting because Jesus. When he was talking to his disciples about the promise of the Holy Spirit, and he says, "Look, yeah, you know, I'm going to be leaving, but I'm not going to leave you abandoned. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to ask the Father 
to send the advocate or the mm-hmm. paraclete. And this coming week, we're going to get into that word. Mm-hmm. He said, I'm, uh, you know, he said, I'm, I'm going to ask the father to send the, another advocate. Mm-hmm. And, uh, he's, you know, he's with you right now, you know, him, but he's going to be in you. Uh, but he said, and he will never leave you. Wow. And, and that's what a promise, you know, Jesus, you know, Jesus said, Hey, I've got to go, but I'm going to send another advocate mm-hmm. who's never going to leave you. Uh, which so, so which even, is phenomenal because it did leave Saul yes. because of disobedience. But now we're living in an age of grace, you know, the dispensation of grace and mercy. That that it's not about uh, if we can, if we're perfect with our obedience. Although Jesus did say before talking about the Holy Spirit, He said, "If you love me, obey my commands." Mm, mm-hmm. So so He's still wanting us to obey Him. Yeah. But He said that this this Advocate, this Holy Spirit, will never leave you. Mm. And uh, you know, I'm sure Saul. King Saul probably would have loved to have lived in this dis- this dispensation. You yes, know? Uh, he didn't have he didn't have that luxury. Uh, it left him, but it'll never leave us. So. Yeah, that's 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 an awesome promise. So so for the yeah to go back to your original question that, that the 120, what an exciting thing for them because all of them now would would have the opportunity to uh, have the Holy Spirit poured out on them mm-hmm. to be filled with this power of God. So the thing that they heard about in legends and read in the in the old scriptures, the days of old, the old prophets, yeah. the old kings, Joshua, all of these amazing yeah. people, these amazing things, and these spiritual giants, yes, in, the, in their eyes, you and, know? and then suddenly, wait, I can receive that, and it's Common like, wait, people. not just me, but you as well, and you as well, <laughs> common blue collar people from Galilee, yeah, you know, that that was predominantly a fish a fishing region, and. Uh, that's right. Typically, they weren't educated. They were just hard-working laborers. Mm-hmm. So, so they were looked at as commoners, mm-hmm. and and uh, were not theologians. Were not great rabbis. They were, they were, you know, the salt of the earth, as they say. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yet, yeah, the the Holy Spirit was going to be poured out on the commoner. Wow. And and to empower the commoner. That's that. I mean, you know, we, we can, we talk about it now in, in the modern day church and we've heard it so much that it, it doesn't seem, you know, we, we kind of glaze over it, but to that culture, this was huge. That was a completely new thing. Yes. It was very revolutionary. So, wow. And, um, you mentioned a couple of the prophets and all the people in the old Testament that had, uh, were empowered by the Holy Spirit. What were some of the things that they were able to do because of the Holy Spirit? Well, the Holy Spirit would come upon them to empower them for great works with uh, Gideon. You know, he was a, he was a frightened man, mm-hmm. and yet God came down and called him a mighty man of valor. Wow. And so so Gideon, it empowered Gideon to not only defeat the enemy, to raise up an army, mm-hmm. uh, and, and uh, an army that was outnumbered, mm-hmm. but it empowered him to hear from the Lord a strategy on mm-hmm. how to defeat the enemy, and then empowered him to, to judge or to rule over Israel for the remaining mm-hmm. remainder of his days. Yeah. And, and people would go to him for counsel and uh, the Holy Spirit would come upon, you know, like I said, Saul, King Saul, and he would prophesy. The word prophesy didn't always mean to tell the future, uh, but but it sometimes to speak, it, truth. To, to speak truth and to speak a a guiding and corrective word mm-hmm. of God that, you know, that's really what the job of a prophet was is, mm-hmm. hey, you guys are over here, but God's over there. We need to line up over mm-hmm. here where God is, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and yet he would, he would see the very heartbeat of God and prophesy. David 
would talk about the spirit of the Lord has come upon me mm-hmm. and has filled my mouth with mm-hmm. his, with his words, um, or, you know, filled my tongue with his words. And that's, that's very foreshadowing as well. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it seems like when the Holy Spirit gets involved in things, you've got funky stuff going on with the tongue. Yeah. You know, whether it's uh, speaking in tongues or filling a tongue with the word, the word of God or whatever. And, and that's, that's a, a telltale sign that the Holy Spirit is really taking control of someone's life. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the book of James says that the tongue is, uh, it, it's hard to take. We can tame the rest of the body, mm-hmm. but it's nearly impossible to tame the tongue. Yeah. So if all of a sudden you get a man talking different, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I, that's why when the Holy Spirit really gets a hold of somebody, uh, they're not going to talk like they used to. They're mm-hmm. not going to use some of the same language they used to. They're not yeah. going to talk about the same subjects that they used to. Um, perhaps they are. Perhaps they get to operate with the gift of speaking in tongues mm-hmm. or interpretation of tongues. Yeah. We'll we'll talk about all that in later weeks. Yeah. But uh, but there's it is very much a possession. You know, mm-hmm. when the Holy Spirit takes so, over. So it's supernatural. So some of those things was supernatural wisdom and knowledge and fearlessness. It yes. Was, yeah. Prophesying. Prophesy. It was sometimes, sometimes it was it was uh, sometimes it was physical. Uh, the Holy Spirit would come upon Samson, and he would do physically great, mm-hmm. very strong, uh, powerful, supernatural strength, almost Hulk like. <laughs> yeah, yeah, almost, yeah, almost like kind of a David Banner thing. And what's funny, you know, we always portray Samson as this huge muscular guy. Well, he, the Bible never says that he was hmm. muscular. You know, it never really describes him other than his hair. Yeah. You know, it talks about his hair. But it never said that he was like some hulking uh-huh. guy. Now, he could have been. I don't mm-hmm. know. But, you know, we always portray him that in our Sunday school pictures and movies <laughs> and stuff. But but how, you know, how much more powerful would it have been? If he was small and timid. Well, yeah. Well, if he, if he was just an average guy with long hair. Yeah. And all of a sudden, yeah, he could do these, you know, he'd pick mm-hmm. up a city gate and take it up on the hillside. Or, yeah. You know, you know, whip whip a whole legion of Philistines with the jawbone of a donkey or whatever, you know, <laughs> and you know, that would be even a, a, you know, more so miraculous and empowering of the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so supernatural strength. Sometimes I, it's supernatural. Sometimes it's a, you know, it's, it's in the natural, mm-hmm. you know, uh, but, but God, Isaiah had, had visions. Yeah. Isaiah, the Holy Spirit would come upon him and he actually got to see Christ. Mm. He foretold of the Messiah, yes. you know, the Holy Spirit would come upon uh, Ezekiel, you know, Ezekiel. And, and I, I wish I would have mentioned this in my sermon. You know, what a beautiful prophecy that, that God gave Ezekiel. He says, I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes mm. and you will keep my judgments and do them. Oh, what a wow. beautiful promise. You that know, is awesome. That, that, uh, you know, all of a sudden, it's not this struggle to try to achieve a list of rules and regulations, but God says, "No, I'm gonna, I'm gonna put my Holy Spirit inside of you, and and He's gonna be so powerful and so possessive that you're just gonna know to do the right thing, and you're gonna do it." Mm-hmm. That, and that and that's ultimately what it is about. It is about walking with God. Like yes. these rules were all literally just uh, like something that he put in place so that he can be close to his people again yes. because originally he walked with us in the garden mm-hmm. and our disobedience literally separated us from God. Yeah. Yeah. And all he wants to do is walk with us again. Yeah. And, and you know, it was easy. I'm sure the folks in the, in the old Testament would look at the, the law of God and say, wow, it's perfect. But 
I can't do all that. Mm. You know, how, how am I going to keep up with all these? How am I going to, how am I going to do this? Yeah. And the answer eventually was, that's the point. You can't, Yeah. but have faith, have faith in me. I'll put my spirit in you mm-hmm. and that's going to give you the power. You know, matter of fact, you're not even going to have to think about all the rules and regulations. You're just going to do it. Mm-hmm. You're going to live according your to heart, that. Your heart wants to. It's yes. going to be so much of fire that you want to go. Yeah. And, and, and that's what Jeremiah, the prophet Jeremiah, mm-hmm. prophesied the same thing. But he said, you know, this new covenant, God's going to put his law and in, in his word in our hearts. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Ezekiel explained it by, yeah, it's going to be the Holy Spirit yeah. that's going to do it. And uh you know, and, and it all, you know, Jesus said the same thing that, hey, when, when this Holy Spirit comes, he will lead and guide you into all truth. He's going to teach it. Yeah. He's, he's going to be your teacher and your rabbi. So, yes, yeah, that's pretty powerful. So, so all of these things that these, um, these um, faith giants have experienced with the Holy Spirit, now the disciples experienced similar things. We can see it's yes. the Holy Spirit because they were suddenly empowered as well. What, what were some of the things that they were able to experience well on the day of Pentecost themselves they started you know the, all of a sudden there was an outpouring of the gift of tongues or languages so they 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 experienced this phenomenon where they were uh, speaking in other languages uh, which you know according to what people said in the book of Acts it was upwards of 16 primary languages of that region and what they were speaking they were decreeing the wonderful acts of God the wonderful works of God or they're decreeing the good news, mm-hmm. the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus, and that that uh, you know, now there's no middle wall of partition, that all folks can, mm-hmm. through faith, can come to God. And so so that was pretty phenomenal. They were common people from Galilee. Mm-hmm. They they weren't multilingual, yeah. you know, and, and yet here they were preaching preaching the good news in, in all these major languages. And then Peter, who, you know, you know Peter tended to kind of be bumbling and mm-hmm. you know uh, uh he definitely was not one of the most polished uh orators <laughs> of the disciples yet he gets up and preaches the gospel with perfection and he ties it in almost mm-hmm. like a master rabbi mm-hmm. he ties it in with old testament texts from psalms and the book of joe joel and uh you know and 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 ties in perfectly the death burial and resurrection into all of their culture from Passover and Shavuot and mm-hmm. you know to, to where he did such a phenomenal job and it opened up so many eyes that that over 3,000 people yeah. came to a saving knowledge of Jesus that day and they baptized that must have been a really long baptism yeah that was a pretty long baptism <laughs> and a really long line I tell you but but you know it, it's uh for for Peter to all of a sudden have that kind of revelation and yeah. under and understanding, understanding. and of, the words the tongue again yeah yeah and for him to be able to articulate uh which yeah it's that was not his common tongue was not the the tongue of a teacher yeah so just the, for him to be able to teach with such passion and and clarity mm-hmm. was was a, i believe was an act of speaking in tongues you know? yes uh so it, it empowered, and, and then after that, they began to to minister to each other and to meet the needs of mm-hmm. themselves and the community. Yeah, and and, and they that's saw, pretty powerful. And they saw know? visions, like 
Yeah, they, yeah. They, they, they. All of a sudden, they, there was miracles that started taking place. Mm-hmm. They would lay hands and on folks and pray, and people would be healed. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, there was, yeah. They would have visions. They would, they would hear the instruction of God. They didn't have to go to the priest, and the priest didn't have to use, uh, you know, the 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 ephod like back in the mm-hmm. Old Testament. Consult the ephod that had the. Uh, I'm going to mispronounce them. The the unimen. Thunum, through them, through them, you know, you know the, all the all the various stones that God would communicate through. All of a sudden, it was a direct communication mm. between God, you know, between the throne of God, the Father, and and His people, and mm. you know, m- miracles would take place. You know, Peter would walk down the street, and his shadow would heal people. Mm. You know, he was so full of the power of God. Um, yeah, he even to the point that they knew when someone was lying. You know, Ananias and Sapphira. Yeah. You know, uh, sold sold a piece of land and took some of the money, gave it to the church, kept some of the money, but told everyone, "Oh yeah, we gave all the money to the church." Hmm. And Peter said, "Why? Why did you do that? You know, you, you're lying to God. It, it's okay to keep some of the money, but don't don't go around yeah. lying." And and uh, of course, and, and then God struck him dead. You know, it put it. And what that did, that of course, that put fear in, into the people of as far as hey, you, you don't play with God, you don't mess around, you still and you don't, you don't you, keep you them don't, in reverence, and you don't mess with the Holy Spirit. Yes, <laughs> yeah, and and so, uh, so yeah, all of a sudden you, you keep reading the Book of Acts, you start seeing uh, the miracles mm-hmm. that would take place, uh, demons being cast out of people, and Paul uh, surviving all sorts of things that he shouldn't have survived. Absolutely, it's you know he had, he was snake bit, he was shipwrecked, he was you know he, stoned to death three stoned times. Stoned to death three times, <laughs> yeah. And he he get you know people thought he was dead, and all of a sudden he'd get back up and he he'd recover, you know. Uh, and, but it's everything that Jesus said in the Book of Mark that hey these signs shall follow those who believe. Mm. Uh, and and he starts talking about all these powerful things that they're going to cast out demons in my name. They'll lay hands on the sick. And they shall recover. They'll speak in new tongues, uh, you know. So it's it's uh, we we start seeing some of the same qualities that the Old Testament giants yeah. would uh, spiritual giants would encounter when the Holy Spirit would come upon them. Now common people are are experiencing the same thing. So how do we know that the same power, the same power, the same Holy Spirit that was upon the prophets and then was over the disciples, how do we know that this same Holy Spirit can be in us now too? Peter said it, even on the day of Pentecost. <clears throat> he said, because uh, you know, everyone there you know, heard, heard his sermon, and, it, and the Bible says that it pierced their heart. And so they said, well, what should we do? And he told them, he said, hey, uh, you know, Acts chapter two, verse 38 says, you know, repent, turn from your sin, be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remissions of your sin. It means to, to wash or roll away your sins. Mm-hmm. And he said, and then you shall receive this promise, this gift of the Holy Spirit. And then he says, and the promise is to you and to your children mm-hmm. and to all who are far off, even mm. as many as the Lord our God shall call. Yeah. So if you believe that you've been called of God to, to walk in his kingdom, that he called you out of darkness mm-hmm. and that he saved you through through the redemptive work of his son, well, then he promised you, he promised me, mm-hmm. you know, that that you have access. I will put my spirit in you. Oh. And, and the prophet Joel said it, in the last days, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh, all flesh, all of us, mm-hmm. all who Jesus said it. These signs shall follow them that believe. Wow, you know, and 
And does that then mean that we have the same powers almost in us as the disciples had? Because that sounds a bit crazy for modern Western worlds, like yeah, healing people. And, and, unfortunately, our religiosity has, has taught us no. And, and I don't know where people have, have gotten off on that, you know. Um, but yeah, the same. The, the Bible says the same spirit that quickened, that rose Christ from the dead will quicken our mortal bodies. Um the, the very same spirit, Holy Spirit, that reanimated Christ, who was dead for three days. It takes a lot of power to reanimate a dead body, you know. Yet that spirit is is what's active in mm. us when we submit and we and we humble ourselves. And yes, the, <clears throat> I very much believe the Holy Spirit comes with gifts. There are gifts of the Spirit mm-hmm. that involve the gift of healing, that involves the gift of faith. Mm-hmm. People, there are people that can believe that, that, man, there's been times in my own life that the Holy Spirit's, I have felt him move in me and I can, I will believe for things that under my own thought process or my own rationale, I shouldn't be believing for. And yet I've seen God do it. Uh, uh, yeah, there's, there's gifts of prophecy, prophetic words, gifts of discernment, understanding, you know, uh, where common people all of a sudden have this wise understanding of situations that are going on, mm-hmm. you know, uh, understanding some of the secrets of God. You, you all of a sudden you understand what God's up to behind the scenes. Wow. Um, you know, the gift of, of tongues, uh, the, the gift of interpretation of tongues. Um, the there's there's fruit of the spirit. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, the fruit of the spirit. You know, we we all know is love, patience, long suffering. Mm-hmm. You know, joy. All, all these. All these wonderful things uh, that the Holy Spirit uh, can do in our life, mm-hmm. uh, and and uh, the but the biggest thing is, and, and I'm I'm giving a sneak preview into this coming Sunday uh, when Jesus said, "I will pray. I, I've got to leave, but I'm going to ask the Father to send another Advocate." Mm-hmm. Some some uh, some translation says another another Counselor or the Comforter. Um, the the word in the Greek is paraclete. Mm-hmm. I will send. I'm asking him to send another paraclete, and that word paraclete means uh, called in help. Okay. <laughs> you know, like if you're in a if you're in a war, you're in a battle, and you're like, man, we need reinforcements. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, you call in for help. Yeah. Hey, can you send help? Uh, and that's what the word literally means in Greek. It means uh, a a summoned advocate. Mm-hmm. You know, someone who's coming to walk with you, to mm-hmm. coach you, to fight for you, mm-hmm. to direct you, to steer you. Uh, and he's been called in. Christ has called him in <laughs> so, yeah. that, so that we never have to walk alone. Yeah. And, and that's, the, that's, that's the basis. That's the foundation of the power of the Holy Spirit. Yeah, you said on Sunday that the same power that rose <clears throat> Christ from the dead has, yeah. is the power that can change me. Like, what if I don't want to be changed? Like, what, why, why would I want to be changed by God? Uh, because you want to become everything that he's created you to be. He saved you. The Bible says that he called you according to his purpose. He's got a job for you. Mm-hmm. He didn't save you just to keep you out of hell. Mm-hmm. You know? He didn't save you just so you, you can punch a ticket to heaven and live your life. Mm-hmm. He, he saved you because he, he's got a purpose for you. Okay. And in order to achieve that purpose, you can't do it on your own. Hmm. You need his help. And so you have to die out to everything you thought you were. Hmm. You know, like just like John the Baptist said, I must decrease mm-hmm. and he must increase. Uh, 
Jesus prayed it in the garden. Not my will, but thine will be done. There, there has to come a dying out or a crucifying of your egoic nature. You know, the, the thing that you think you identify as. Mm-hmm. This is who David Butler is, you mm-hmm. know. Uh, and, and you'll go through seasons in life where you get crucified again, you know, where you die out to more of yourself and and become alive in Christ. You know, uh, Paul said, I am crucified with Christ. I've been, you know, I, I was killed with Christ, mm-hmm. yet I live, but it's not me. It's, I'm not the one who's alive. It's Christ living within me. Uh, so we become... Uh, we become Jesus zombies. Mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway, you know, we're, we're, we're dead, but not dead. You know? Yeah. So all the things that we identify with, our jobs, our money, our families, all of these things. That's all temporal. That's all temporary. That's and God the, has got something better for us. He has something that's eternal. Uh, he has something that, that will let you, you begin to discover who you really are. You know, the Bible says, before I was even in my mother's womb, you knew me. Mm. Uh, that that intrigues me. That leaves a lot of room for interpretation. You know what that can mean. Mm-hmm. Uh, now I don't subscribe to reincarnation mm-hmm. per se. The concept of pre-incarnation kind of uh, intrigues me because you know, hey, you knew me before I was even in my mother's womb. Uh, the word "knew" is that's an intimate term. You know, Adam knew Eve mm-hmm. as his wife, and they they bore a son. So that. That means intimacy. So there was something intimate with me and God hmm. prior to me being in my mother's womb. Uh, and then you're born, and then the world and society and your family and the flesh kind of gives you this interpretation of who you are. Mm-hmm. But that's not who you are. That's that's your temporary mm-hmm. uh, identity. And, and, and Jesus, you can die out to that, and you're resurrected as something new. If any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Uh, so, so the the Holy Spirit resurrects you, empowers you, just like it empowered mm-hmm. Jesus to be resurrected. Spiritually, you are resurrected into something new, and and what what the newness is is really it's really something old. It's something that you were before, mm-hmm. back when He knew you originally. Yeah, yeah. That's why re- to repent actually means to come back. Yes, to the place where you were. Before. We were once with God before. Yeah, turn around and come back. Yeah, yeah. And it's interesting because it sounds almost like. We as humans are almost like these rebellious teenagers that don't want to have anything to do with their parents anymore and are running away from home. And as God is, the parent is just like, hey, I'm, my home is always open for you. Yes. I want you to come back because I have all this goodness for you that you can't use anymore because you have separated yourself. You need to work hard now. It's Everything is difficult because you chose to run away from me. But I want to be here for you. Yeah, absolutely. It's, that's very very interesting um, but then um, I love that you said is it's that it's not necessarily about seeking this power though like the all of these powers and all of these things that the Holy Spirit can do is great and it's awesome but it's not about that it's about seeking God yes yeah it's it's you know one one of the fallacies that has taken place in the modern church and you know, we, we've talked about it like in the last, um, our last podcast, you know, you and I both come from, uh, the Pentecostal movement Mm -hmm. and there's some wonderful, beautiful things that, that I learned. And then there's also some fallacies that I learned. Uh, but one of which is, you know, one of the dangers is people start seeking if, if they're seeking to know and encounter the Holy spirit, they start seeking 
you know, for signs or gifts, uh, especially within the Pentecostal movement, it, the most common one would be like tongues, mm-hmm. you know. So when folks, you know, they may go to an altar after a sermon and they start seeking after the Lord and really just rather than just seeking to know him and encounter him, they're, okay, help me speak in tongues, help me speak in tongues. Because they think, you know, they, they identify, well, if, if I'm going to receive the Holy, if I'm going to encounter the Holy Spirit, that's how it's going to be. That's even uh, some, for, for some people, it's even a test if you're even a real Christian. Oh, do you even speak in tongues? Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, know, you start getting people that say, well, I, you know, you've never spoken in tongues. Are you really a Christian? Or, you know, and, and you know, they, of course, the, the church at Corinth was struggling with that kind of mindset. And Paul set mm-hmm. them straight, said, I speak in tongues more than all of you guys and so knock it off. You know, and yeah. he said, pray for the greater gifts. You know, you're seeking tongues. That's one of the lesser gifts because he who speaks in tongues edifies himself, but he who prophesies or he declares the word of God, proclaims the heart and desire of God, edifies everyone, edifies mm-hmm. the whole body. And that's, you know, that's really what it's about. It's not selfishness. So, so yeah, it, what, what I recommend for people to do that, that want to encounter and experience and start walking with the Holy Spirit. Just seek God. Mm. Seek and say, Lord, what is it that you have for me? I want to be everything you have called me to be. And I open myself up, Holy Spirit. You, know, you are alive in me. I acknowledge that you're alive mm. in me. Make yourself known to me. You know, uh, Start teaching me. Start asking. Every, you know, every day, for, you know, the Bible says, in all your ways acknowledge him and he'll direct your path. So whether it feels silly or not, I mean, to me it feels natural because I've, I've been doing it for so long that... Every part of my life, I wake up in the morning, the first thing I say to the Holy Spirit, I tell him good morning. And I yeah. thank him for another day. Uh, when I get up and I'm, I'm showering and brushing my teeth, I'm, I'm talking to the Holy Spirit. Okay, yeah. Direct me, guide me today. You know what today holds in store for it. There's going to be opportunities for me to use my faith, which means there's going to be some challenges. Mm-hmm. But you know the route through those challenges. Teach me, yeah. guide me. Help you know, shine a spotlight on areas of my life I need to change. Mm. Areas of my heart. You know, hey, by the way, what should I wear today? You tell me. I'm interested. I want to know. Yeah. You know, and hey, what, you know, uh, uh, me, I'm on a weight loss journey. I uh, haven't been doing too well the last few weeks. But but one of the things I've been saying is, hey, one of, you know, one of the gifts of the Spirit is self-control. Mm-hmm. And Holy Spirit, you, you're alive and well in me. And one of the gifts that you've given me is self-control. And, and I claim that today. I access that yeah. in my life. And, and I have to remind myself, nope, I'm not going to, I'm not going to eat that. Yeah. And even though, man, I want it with everything in me. Nope, I'm not going to eat it. God's given me self-control via the Holy yeah. Spirit. So, so yeah, it's really about seeking a real daily practical relationship with him. Mm-hmm. And as you walk with him, you start discovering that you get empowered with things mm-hmm. that, and, and you do things before you realize you've done it. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, you know. Somebody mentions, uh, hey, be praying for my mom because of X, Y, and Z. And before you know it, like, you know, you're sitting there holding the person's hand or got your hand on their shoulder and you're praying right there for the person's mom. Yeah. You know, where this time last year, you you would have never fathomed doing something like that. Well, what happened? The Holy Spirit empowered you to further the kingdom yeah. and, and pray, you know. Uh, and, and I believe that's how all of the gifts of the Spirit and the empowerment of the Spirit really works. Yeah. You know? Because he possesses you so much that you you respond to you don't react you know react is uh, you usually you react reaction means that you react in fear sometimes mm-hmm. but you respond the way that the Holy Spirit tells you to and then you just for me sometimes it, it happens and then like ten minutes later I go whoa what did I just do yeah <laughs> you know? and so. Jesus and Jesus whenever he was doing miracles we so often hear 
he had so much compassion with these people so that then he started doing these miracles, like feeding the yeah. 5,000. He had so he saw the crowd and had compassion with them. Yes. So he multiplied the food and gave. So that's something that we can only get, not if we seek our own, like, oh, I want to have these powers, God. That has nothing to do with compassion yeah. and love. But yeah. being close to God, loving what he loves, that will ultimately... Yes enable his power to work in us and that's that's the unfortunate thing that within the what would be called the spirit-filled movement or the the pentecostal charismatic movement there's been unfortunately there has been abuse there's Mm -hmm. been some incredible moves of god but there's been abuse by people that uh, you know that maybe start experiencing certain gifts of the spirit and then they'll try to capitalize on it Mm -hmm. and and kind of build their own ministry empire out of it and so you have these you know celebrity you know faith healers and you know celebrity prophets and and it it's really it yeah i very much believe in the gift of prophecy and and i very much believe that there are those who are gifted in being able to hear from god and help steer and direct the body at large but it's never supposed to be about the person and so now all of a sudden you get yeah it's almost like a its own version of the uh, christian psychic hotline you know that that oh you know the I, I can tell you churches that you know folks you know, the the congregation is hit or miss whether they ever show up but man you book this prophet or that prophet man <laughs> whoo everybody everybody shows up yeah. everybody wants to get a word from God well guess what you got the Holy Spirit living in you yeah. you don't need a prophet to speak over you yeah you've got the Spirit who will speak to you if you just ask him yeah you know anything that a prophet of God speaks over you should only confirm what the Holy Spirit's already been telling you. Yeah. You know, otherwise all you're doing is seeking out a psychic. Yeah. You know? <laughs> so, yeah. you know, and if you do that, you might as well go down to the local fortune teller and we know what kind of a mess that can get you in spiritually. So, yeah. uh, you know, it, it's, it, or, or, you know, you know, folks, you know, folks, I got to go to this healer, this particular faith healer for this or that. Well, if the Lord directs you to go to a particular person to have them pray over you, awesome. Or if, or if God empowers someone to pray over you in the moment, Awesome, but at the same time, you you have the Holy Spirit within you. Yeah. Pray over yourself and believe His Word. Claim it's, His it's Word. It's not over about you. that person. Maybe, yeah. maybe it's about community. Sure, but, connectivity and stuff. But sure. it's ultimately about God and yes. about your relationship with Him. Yes, and and we were never supposed to touch the glory. You know, uh, everything, all of the power, all all of the gifts of the Spirit are to for two purposes: to edify the body of Christ. Mm-hmm. And to glorify God, Amen. And and uh, man was not supposed to touch the glory, mm. and and we see a lot of that take place within churches. Yeah. And and you know if you remember the Ark of the Covenant, you know David had them throw it up, throw it up on an ox cart, and they were you know they were going to carry it back into Jerusalem, and they hit a bump in the road, and you know all of a sudden two guys go with good intentions, mm-hmm. they go to try to study because all of a sudden. Things looked unstable. You know, yeah. the Ark of the Covenant, the glory of God looked like it, it was unstable. They didn't want it to fall. They, so with good intentions, they reached up and touched it. And next thing you know, they're tater chips, man. They're, yeah. They got fried because you're not supposed to touch the glory. And there, I think there are men and women with good intentions that have placed their hands on the glory of God. Wow. And, and it winds up, uh, it, you know, they, you, you can't mix flesh with the glory. Mm. Uh, so, so, um. Yeah, that's one thing that we yeah we we definitely want to steer steer clear from and moving forward with the Holy Spirit. Yeah, and you have just talked about how the how the Holy Spirit empowers us to do things before we even realize them. Like, and you said on Sunday that 
like we might be too embar embarrassed to do certain things, but suddenly with Holy Spirit, like like he'll empower us to do these things. Doesn't mean I will not have any fear anymore, or I will not have any embarrassment, or like. Or, or is there still a stepping out in faith going on, even with the Holy Spirit? There's definitely a stepping out in faith, and there always will be. And and uh, I think in your flesh, there's always a slight questioning of, oh, man, I, I hope this works. Now, you, so it doesn't mean that you're going to be absolutely fearless all the time. Mm -hmm. I, I, you, know, you still have to kind of struggle with your flesh sometimes. Uh but I think the more you start operating, learning to operate and mm. learning to, to be led by the Spirit and to be obedient to the Spirit, uh, the more your faith grows mm. and the more comfort level you do have. It's it's like stepping out on a branch, you know, uh, for the first time. Well, you're going to stay close to the trunk, mm -hmm. you know, make sure that branch can hold you. And yeah. you, you eventually you may scoot out there and it may, you know, uh, you don't always just jump out to the edge of the branch. So. Uh, you know, for some people, I, you know, there were times that the Lord early on would tell me, Hey, I want you to go pray for someone and, uh, for healing. Go, oh, okay. So, you know, you wrestle with, Oh man, is this, is this really you God? Am I just making this up or, or Hey, I want you to go speak this word over somebody. Um, but, but the more you do it, the more confident you, you, you have in your ability to, to hear and understand. And plus the Lord, you start realizing the Lord's not going to give you anything to say or do. It's not backed up by his word. Mm, yeah. So, you know, all of a sudden you get some kind of thought that's, you know, not backed up with, with the word of God. Well, yeah, maybe it's not God telling you that. So, yeah. Uh, but that still doesn't mean that God doesn't uh, still challenge me today and make my my faith grow. And, you know, I've been preaching since I was 12 years old and, um, you know, and pastoring this church for three years and, and all, you know, years of ministry under my belt and still to this day, he will stretch me and tell me, Hey, by the way, say this, do this. Mm -hmm. Um, a few years back, I'd never, I mean, I've seen God heal people. I've prayed for people and see him be healed. Mm -hmm. uh, a few years back, the Lord told me there was a lady who showed up to service, uh, uh where I, I was associate pastor over in Garland and uh, a lady showed up to service on a Sunday night, uh, had been blinded, uh, had had Lyme, Lyme's disease. And had lost her. She had she had lost her sight almost nine months prior. Oh, wow. And and her eyes were. I had known her previously, but she comes in and her eyes are grayed over. And I thought, what in the world happened? And her, her her daughter had told me. Her teenage daughter said she's she has Lyme's disease. She lost it. It took her eyesight. And uh, as as the service was going on after the preaching, there was there was an altar call. People were being prayed for, and uh, she was down there with her daughter. And the Lord told me, go pray. I want you to go speak over her eyesight. I'm, I'm going to heal her. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I I believe God can do it, but he's never utilized me like that. And I yeah. was like, well, wait a minute, God. Can't you pick somebody else? Why you got to pick me? You know, it, <laughs> and, and I think it was a test of my faith just as much as it was for hers. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I kind of walked over and I said, Lord, you be, this better be you. <laughs> this better be mm -hmm. you. And uh, I told her, I said, God wants me to pray for your eyesight. And do you believe he can heal you? Mm -hmm. And she said, yeah. Uh, I laid hands on her. Uh, the power of God began to move. Um, you know, she the she felt uh, you know uh, she she felt the power of God come on her. She fell she fell to the floor. Uh, I asked the the guys who were sitting there. I said, "Pick her up." I was still praying, so, <laughs> so they picked her up. And when they did, I asked her. I said, "I said, well, yeah, I'm looking at her eyes, and she's blinking and looking around, and you can tell she's not focused." I said, "What what do you see?" 
And uh, this is when I knew the Lord's doing something because she said, I said, look up at the praise team on stage. What do you see? And she looked up and she goes, they, they look like tree trunks. Hmm. And I said, oh, but you're seeing something. And, and if you remember when Jesus prayed for the blind man, yeah. he said, what do you see? He goes, I, I see trees moving around. Yeah. So I was like, oh, okay. So I, and Jesus prayed for him again. So I prayed for her again. Yeah. And uh, again, she fell down. I, told, I said, pick her up. I was still praying. <laughs> but when she picked back up, she looked and I saw her. She opened her eyes and for the, like her eyes were not grayed over anymore. Wow. She had big, beautiful brown eyes. And she looked up and she was blinking and you could tell she was focusing. And she said, I, I see the musicians and singers on stage. And then I, so I, I summoned her daughter over there. I, I kind of motioned for her and her daughter showed up beside her and she turned and for the first time in nine months, she saw her daughter's face Wow! and she looked and that's why I knew it was a miracle. Cause all of a sudden she started crying and her daughter, she, she looked at her daughter. She says, you've grown, you know, it's been nine months and she's a teenager. She wow. goes, Oh my gosh, you've grown. You look so beautiful. Um, uh, you know, uh, that I, I would be lying if I said I wasn't nervous yes. when God told me to go do that, but, but he empowered it, what, you know, I don't have the ability to heal anybody. Uh, but it was the Holy spirit. God yeah. used the connectivity there. And, and, and uh, the God power. was asking you, do you believe me? Yes. Yeah. Do you trust me? And, and the Holy spirit empowered me at that moment with the gift of healing. Mm -hmm. Now, did I and go? with the faith of actually stepping yeah, out. Yeah, the <laughs> gift of faith to actually go do it. And and now, did that lead to me starting a healing ministry? No. Uh, have I prayed for people since and not seen a healing? Sure. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know? Uh, but for whatever reason, that need at that moment, wow. I was empowered with it. Yeah. You know? so, we need uh, to realize your will be done, not our will. That's right. That's right. And that's why Sunday I said, whatever... Whatever need you're presented with, the Holy Spirit will empower you to meet that need. Yeah. You know? Yeah. For his glory. You know, he received the glory that night. So let, let, let me finish finish out with this last question. What is your hope for this church regarding the Holy Spirit? Uh I'm so excited for this church that the Lord has us talking about the Holy Spirit because on one hand, I have no clue what God has in store <laughs> and that's really cool. That means he's up, but I do trust that he's up to something. Uh, what I want more than ever, I don't want, uh, I don't want any of this teaching to shape our church into the image of any particular denomination. Uh, I'm not even trying to get people to, you know, lean toward the Pentecostal movement or anything, even though that's my background from, you know, my childhood. What I want more than anything is for people to come to a real knowledge that the Holy Spirit is a real phenomena in their life, that it is truly the Spirit of Christ, the Spirit of the Father, the Spirit of God living in them, that it's powerful, uh, it's supernatural, it, uh, it is real, I want it, and it is the access point of, you know, uh, it is the direct hotline between man and God communicating and that the Holy Spirit, I, that's really my, my prayer is that the church will truly become spirit led that, that the majority of our congregation will wake up every morning with and, and interact with the Holy Spirit all throughout the day mm. and would stop and listen for what he's directing us to do. Uh, and, and to understand that no matter what the need is, he will empower them 
to, to do whatever it is. They don't need the preacher to show up and mm-hmm. pray over the situation. Although I, I'm glad to do it. I love, I love our, I love our sheep. Yeah. You know, I love our community. Uh, but, but the same power that rests in me rests in them. Mm-hmm. The same power that rests in all of us is the same power that rested in Christ. Jesus even said, Hey, you know, these works and even greater right, yeah. works than mm-hmm. these you're going to do because I got to leave, but you guys are going to be sticking around. Yeah. So you know, do we believe him or do we just believe in him? If we believe him, we, we need to be ready and understand that we have, he's going to call us to do some greater things than what he even mm-hmm. did. And he did some pretty radical, cool things. Uh, yet, yet the Holy Spirit. And, and so I, I, I want people, I want them to get that. Yeah. The, the church is not about just showing up on Sunday morning. That's just the pep rally. Matter of fact, that's not even how they did church in the in the New Testament. <laughs> you know, they did church every day. Yeah, they did church every day in each other's homes, in the market, everything. They just and the Holy Spirit led them, and there were great, wonderful acts mm. that that they got to do, and uh, and we're still writing the Book of Acts. The Book of Acts didn't end. Mm. You know, in the last chapter that's recorded in the Bible, we're we are still part of the Book of Acts. Yeah. Uh, there's still the acts of his people taking place every day. And uh, that's what I want. Uh, I want people to experience his gifts. I want people to experience his his fruit. And that's the wonderful thing about fruit. Any Anything that the Holy Spirit does in your life is not just for the sake of puffing you up or building you up, which you're going to be strengthened. You're going to be edified. But when you start bearing the fruit of the Spirit in your life, fruit always grows out on trees not for the tree itself. Father. Yeah. Fruit is for everyone else to partake of. Yeah. And so so when, when the Holy Spirit starts bearing fruit in your life, it's not it's not for you. Yeah. It's to be a blessing to others. And so that's what's that's what I'm excited about. I believe that gathering church is gonna become a greater blessing and a greater powerful force for our community. Not for the sake of woo, look, we're growing gathering church but for the sake of God's kingdom being made manifest all throughout this, this, this community in the greater city. So awesome. Let me pray to finish us out. Yes, please do so. Father, I want to thank you so much for your Holy spirit that you came to, to, to empower us and so that we can help one another out and that we can glorify you, God. And that's our heart that we will step out in faith that we will go out and trust you and believe you what you have done and just, yeah, step out in faith so that we can ultimately glorify you. And we pray that you'll keep teaching us show us new things that you want to teach us every single day that we'll be able to pursue you in our everyday life not just on a sunday morning but every single day that we want to come close to you god i pray all of this in your holy name amen amen if you guys enjoyed this episode why don't you go back and listen to these last two episodes that we had as well or share this podcast with your friends and family um i'm pretty sure they will get something amazing out of it as well and dave i really enjoyed this uh episodes oh i've had a blast man i love sitting down talking about the word of god with you and yeah please if 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 at any time during our sermons or even after the sermons you you have a question or you have a something that you would like us to dive deeper into on the subject matter you know just go go to the link if you're there in church you're, you're going to see the link up on the screen yeah uh but but yeah or go to our our uh podcast page and i'm, I'm sure you, you can kind of work your way to the link but yeah looking forward to getting into the word with with everybody in a deep way
Yes. Letting the word transform you. Love y'all. Love y'all. Have a good week.